Welcome to Everything Comes Together. My name is Srinag and I'm an architectural photographer based in Chennai, India. My guest today is DP Prashant of Fessellini Design Lab. On Everything Comes Together, I'll be speaking with people in the broader photography, architecture and design communities. Rather than only talking about their work, we will be talking about them their personal journey, the challenges they overcame and the most pivotal incidents in their lives that made them who they are today. So now, let's get to it. To a layperson, the most overlooked and underappreciated building material is concrete. To someone like me, concrete is one of the most brilliant materials purely down to how astonishingly customizable it is. And as a photographer, this flexibility helps architects and designers create beautiful and functional elements that I enjoy shooting. This was the foundation of my relationship with my next guest, DP Prashant of Vesselini Design Lab. Every time I speak with him, I walk away with something interesting. On this interview, he talks about the unconnected career path he was on earlier, the importance of apprenticeship and the joy of working with amazing architects. Fasolini Design Lab is the architectural product division uh, of my company. Uh, so what we do is we uh, create customized architectural products. So they are specific to a particular project. So uh, it's it's all uh, it's all products which are made from very very uh, high end, specially engineered concretes, um, and so. For example, if you have a facade, right? So every building is different. Every building has got a different fixing requirement. Every building has got a different size requirement. Uh, and of course, you know, every architect wants a project uh, to be unique, right? So you, you, want, uh, you want to be able to design every element of a facade or uh, sometimes even a flooring. So yeah. you want a particular pattern or a particular type of aggregate on your uh, floor. Yes. So that can be done. Um, and we also do other stuff. I mean, we, we also do like specific uh, like furniture and planter boxes and things like that. Sure. Uh, which are all made to order. Uh, so, I mean, if I was to kind of um, boil it down, I guess, uh, with the other, with Eurocon tiles or with any of the other tile products that we have, we are a product company right. in the sense that we have like a brochure and you're ordering products from a brochure whereas with Fastlane Design Lab there is no brochure okay uh, I I discuss with you what I've done for uh, what I have done what I can do and then you and I kind of figure out the product together right I mean uh, we try and understand what exactly you want and how we can make it for you and actually we kind of uh, flesh the product out together. That's that's sure. That's a main difference. So I mean, it's 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 very funny because uh, a lot of times you will see people saying, you know, send your brochure over. I mean, the the answer is there is no brochure. Uh, what I can do, <laughs> what I can do, what I can do is come in and talk to you about what I have done and what I can do, and then we'll figure out some exciting thing that we can create uh, together. So that's that's the whole fun. And uh, you are part of the Eurocon group, right? That's right. And that's, that's a family right. so, business. That's right. So, uh, I think in the 80s, uh, my father and uncle started uh, Eurocon Tiles. Uh, they were sort of 
uh, pioneers at that time um, in making you know cement concrete tiles of that of that nature and uh, i think over uh, 30 years they've got a range of more than 100 different designs and colors and textures and applications and things like that and uh, in it's a, it's a it's a huge exciting range but it is a product range so that product range actually has a brochure so you can actually look at the brochure and say i want that product that product and we'll supply it to you uh, this division is a little different. Right. So they must have actually spent a fair amount of time working with uh, architects. Yes, they, they worked they work extensively with architects and they have uh, uh, very nice uh, enduring relationships with uh, many of them, uh, even today. Uh, so they work very, very closely. They try to kind of understand what architects want, what they look for. Uh, from, the, from the perspective of understanding the architect and therefore designing a product which would be popular uh, with a large number of architects. Okay, so yeah. um, now that we just have an idea of uh, what it is you do and what the company does, let's just start yeah. right at the beginning. Um, yeah. Not too many people are really they, they, not too many people really know what concrete is capable of and uh, personally I feel concrete is one of the most uh, overlooked uh, architectural elements. Uh, would you agree to that? Right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so, I, I honestly think that concrete is one of the most exciting uh, materials that you can play with. Uh, it, is, it is a blank canvas. Uh, you can do so much with it. You can engineer it. You can, if you understand the way the chemistry works, you can, you can you can basically put in different properties into your concrete, right? So you can make it harder, you can make it thinner, you can make it longer, um, you can make it denser, you can make it lighter, you can change the color. Um, it, it, it is literally the most designable thing uh, at a construction site. And, uh, and and the beauty of the product is, you know, it's it's been around for thousands of years. I mean, literally thousands of years. And as, uh, as you know, humankind itself has progressed. Uh, we've, uh, we've, the product itself has evolved, and so, you know, if you look at just the way concrete has been used over the centuries, uh, it kind of mirrors the way you know human life itself has progressed, and and that's the beauty of the material. It is absolutely timeless, and I am. <laughs> I am absolutely in love with it. We can we can talk for a whole hour about concrete. I, I think we have talked for far more than just a whole <laughs> hour about concrete. Yeah. Um, yeah. But where did this love for concrete come in? Did it come in at an early age? No, not not really. I, I think the 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 love for concrete uh, actually came when I started working with concrete. There was always a sort of uh, urge to do something creative, to create something of my own. And uh, given that this is the, the background of the business as it existed then, um, I found uh, working with concrete, creating with concrete, uh, very, very satisfying. I found, it, I found it a lot of fun and um, I found it really enjoyable and I found that you could do a lot of things with it. And and so that's where the that's where I, I, I really got into it. 
aesthetically though uh, i mean i've always uh, appreciated uh, what concrete could look like the different forms that it took i mean when i was a as a kid i would uh, see things that my father and uncle were doing and i found them really interesting and really fascinating but honestly i i i really got uh, kind of pulled in or got sucked in uh, when i started working with my own hands and i i found that you know the possibilities are absolutely endless so uh, you've always been making things from the time you were a kid or even in through college yeah i mean i've, I've always enjoyed that uh, so i mean uh, it's uh, and it's great fun uh, to i mean it, it it's a what do you say i mean there's a there's a very uh, there's a creative rush where when you actually create something that did not exist before and now because of you it exists right i mean that's a very that's a very arrogant sort of rush i mean it is arrogance it is pure arrogance <laughs> yeah but it is an ab- but it is an absolute rush that you thought of something in your mind and you thought about giving it flesh giving it form and it now exists because of you uh, that is a very very satisfying feeling i can i can totally relate to that so um and, and it yeah and and it has nothing to do with whether you are sort of recognized for it or not it is just the thrill when it is when you actually see it and in, and in the case of concrete it's very dramatic right because unlike a, unlike a sculptor or a painter where you can actually sort of see it take form over time right like you can do a time lapse for a sculpture and it would look really cool right if you were to do time lapse of concrete it's ridiculously boring because you basically got a mold <laughs> right and then for like for like for 24 hours there is absolutely no action and then there is one giant reveal when you when you deshutter it or when you take off the mold right so um the uh, the reveal is very dramatic yeah. um and so you know it, it's uh, you don't uh, if you've made a mistake you won't realize it until it's too late that sounds mm-hmm. like uh, pho- uh, photography with film you never know yes. you you shoot what you need to when you when you're shooting and then you have to yes, wait sometimes yes. a day or a couple of days at least to see the results yeah no it, it's also like baking actually i mean you you won't know if you made a mistake until you eat the bread and it tastes like cardboard you know it's it's, it's exactly like that you know only when it's too late <laughs> and that's the fun i mean that's the thrill as well yeah. and that's uh, yeah and that's what leads you to kind of uh, think very carefully about what you're doing and kind of uh, you know sweat over every little detail i mean that's all part of the fun yeah yeah and um, so uh, so did you study anything that helped you with concrete did, uh, did you do uh, what did you study in college so i um i i did uh, mechanic my bachelor's degree is in mechanical engineering um so i mean the the engineering degree helps definitely uh having said that i i mean i was not a civil engineer uh, but there were i think some basic fundamentals uh that uh, thankfully in my case i was taught by uh, those subjects at least were handled by reasonably good profs so those fundamentals kind of uh, stay with you and uh, and and it helps 
but I mean, obviously, if I had uh, done civil engineering or something, it, it may have been more directly uh, sort of applicable. But uh, but yeah, but even even in my mechanical engineering program, the subjects that I found interesting were stuff to do with uh, you know uh, strength of materials, with uh, statics, um, and uh, also um, material science itself. Uh, even though at the even though at the time I found material science a little dry, and I I absolutely love it now. I mean, uh, it's a it's a subject that uh, really interests me. And it's so, directly applicable to your work. It, it is, except that I did not. Uh, it kind of went into cold storage. So I I learned all of this, and then uh, I did an MBA, and so all of this kind of went into cold storage. Storage. Thankfully, it did not evaporate. Uh, but yeah, it it was <laughs> it was sitting in cold storage somewhere, and um, and then uh, after I did my MBA, and then I worked uh, I worked at a corporate job for a while, and then um, when I came back to this, I was able to uh, kind of at least pick up uh, from memory at least, and also kind of jog it by reading a little and uh, doing a little bit of uh, a, a recap. I was able to kind of uh, get it to then. Yeah. And speaking about the corporate job, that was at ITC doing something completely unrelated to what you're doing today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's not, uh, I mean, I know this is called, the series is called, you know, how it all comes together. Uh, and that kind of suggests that there is some sort of grand plan. Uh, except that in my case, I mean, honestly, at that stage in life, I, I did not have this plan or vision of doing what I'm doing right now. Uh, at that stage, I was not sure what I wanted to do. Uh, I, I mean, I enjoyed the job uh, in ITC. It was uh, very challenging. It was very new, um, and it was very exciting. You know, I was uh, selling cigarettes in Gujarat, uh, so <laughs> uh, it was. Uh, it was really interesting. It, it uh, took me all over the state. Uh, it took me to places I would otherwise never have been to. Uh, it brought me in contact with people I would otherwise never have met. Uh, so but that's a great deal of a, exposure to have too. It's a, it's a, it is an amazing exposure to have. I mean, uh, if I, I would honestly say that it's a, it's a great experience for, for anyone, honestly, irrespective of what you end up doing in life. Uh, when you when you work uh, where you come across people like that, you know you literally. Uh, I mean, I I literally uh, you know gone on a cycle, actually carrying cigarettes at the back. Uh, wow. With, you know bags on bags on either side uh, selling cigarettes. I mean that's that's part of your training. So I mean the first week, the first week when you join the when you when you land up at your uh, branch, the first week. You have to you have to live the life of a salesman to understand what he goes through, and I think that's brilliant because uh, you know there are lots of uh, little things that no one ever forgets that stint. You know, no one who's ever worked in ITC will forget that stint. So you uh, <laughs> so you you uh, you come across 
you come across people who are you know having small shops small businesses and and you see what they go through it's a, it's a lovely experience and uh, if you spent a lot of time in gujarat you must have uh, spent a lot of time in ahmedabad with some of the most wonderful yes. architecture in the oh, country yeah. oh yeah yeah so um, our our office uh, our office was just uh, on the banks of the sabarmati so i've been to that beautiful sabarmati ashram uh, and the museum there uh which i think by charles korea oh wow okay and uh, the, the the second year i was there i was staying actually near uh, i am i mean not too far away from the i am building and honestly ahmedabad is full of beautiful beautiful buildings and you have your buildings across eras i mean you have uh buildings from the mogal era you have some buildings even before the mogal era and then you've got some colonial buildings and then you've got some beautiful art deco buildings and then you've got some wonderful modern uh, buildings as well so really i mean it's a it's a wonderful place to uh, just roam around and stare at buildings and <laughs> you know it's uh, it's it's lovely i absolutely enjoyed it and even probably at that time since you weren't yet on the track bringing you to work with architects seeing these buildings yeah. must have uh, did that give you some sort of insight into what uh, they no, might i mean no 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 honestly at that stage i was not even thinking about architects uh, you know it it is just something as uh, as basic as when you see something that appeals to you and you just gawk at it you know uh, you're not necessarily thinking at that stage about the process about you know how they did it how they finished it or what they thought when they designed it uh all you are thinking of is oh my god that looks amazing i want to keep staring it that's honestly all you are thinking right <laughs> yeah uh so i mean now if i was to go back i would probably think and you know uh look at it look at all those look at all those details which is a different kind of enjoyment but honestly uh it uh, any uh, any well designed building uh takes your breath away for a second you know you you there is a moment of wonder and uh, actually i mean it's a bit like the 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 taj right like every i i've i've been to see it three times and and i mean the the first time was obviously you know you're you're staggered by the the beauty of the building but the second time you know exactly what you are going to see and yet when you see it there is still that moment of awe you know there is that moment of absolute wonder um, and that never goes away with a beautiful building yeah totally doesn't doesn't matter how many times you see it you will always you know there is always that wow moment when you you know when you see it when you when you when even if it's for the fourth or fifth or the tenth time so how long were you at itc and uh i was in itc for um a little bit more than about two and a half years i was with uh, itc um i had also done an internship with them over the summer so they gave me a, they gave me a job based on my uh, internship so i mean yeah so i was i was with them for two and a half years two years in uh, in ahmedabad and uh, for a few months in bangalore so uh, what made you want to leave and uh, move on from this job i mean it sounds like you were having a good time well so i mean you the like i told you there was always this urge to do something creative and uh the not to suggest that uh, 
there's anything uh, i mean it's a great company to work for and it's a great company to work for even today uh but it is just that uh i had this urge to uh create products of my own to create something of my own um and so and so i left um and you came back to join uh i, I came back to join i came back to join eurocon the family business and uh, for a while uh, for a while i was just trying to understand what they were doing how they're doing wanting to understand the material and uh, then once you kind of understand the material you understand what the limitations of the material are and then you see you know which are the boundaries you can push and which are the levers that you can play with and how can you do more with the material i think that's that's kind of where this whole thing started right and uh, when did you actually start fesselini design lab the idea for this actually came uh, i think a year or two years after i joined so sometime around 2009 or 2010 was when the idea started forming that you know we need to be doing more with the material and uh, then one of the sort of turning points was when we did some work with a, a sri lankan firm called uh, micd and they were renovating a hotel and they wanted a very specific kind of tile so that was the first uh, time that we sort of made a tile outside of our catalog you know we actually custom made a tile um and spending time with uh, those architects and uh, kind of understanding the way they saw concrete and also understanding the possibilities that can be unlocked once you start customizing concrete for a designer um was uh, was quite interesting and so from then on we started becoming a lot more uh, open and a lot more interested in customizing uh customizing the material and if you really want to customize you kind of have to work on the material so you have to you have to innovate with the basic material you have to innovate with the chemistry you have to innovate with the the uh, enhancements that you do and that requires that requires know how uh, but we realized that this was a, a destination worth uh, is a destination worth efforting for and so we started so we started looking at uh, how we could enhance what we were doing and enhance our capabilities so once you started fesselini what was the first new innovations that you started to develop so uh the thing is uh concrete is great for you know any kind of compressive loads uh it's not particularly good for flexural loads uh so that is the first sort of uh, um limitation that you have to overcome so you have to figure out how to make this material less brittle you have to fit you have to figure out how to make this material uh more uh give it better sort of flexural strength and uh, obviously you can't look at conventional uh, steel for whole bunch of reasons uh but i mean essentially if you go with a steel reinforcement you need to increase the thickness of your concrete and then your your panel itself becomes very heavy uh and so the trick is to kind of look at innovative ways of reinforcing your concrete and look at ways in which you can make the concrete stronger lighter thinner you know kind of have your cake and eat it too kind of thing 
so that was uh, that that was the first uh, thing we looked at you know how do we make the how do we make the panels bigger because that's basically what uh, a lot of uh, architects look for they look for size you know they look for you know a large panel for a facade um so yeah and that that was one of the first things we started working on and uh, uh, did you uh, did you need to bring in outside help or did you need to go somewhere else to start developing no, no, new so, techniques yeah so the, the, there is there is there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, i mean there's a lot of research that you do obviously on your own a lot of this stuff is there online but uh, i think i i got a lot of practical help uh, in the us uh, where i'd gone where i'd gone for the uh, i i i've been attending the world of concrete which happens in the us it's like this worldwide concrete expo happens every happens every year i make sure i go there at least once in two years uh, so there you come across uh, lots of interesting people you come across lots of interesting products as well you literally get the best in uh, engineering and material science from across the world and uh, you also when you when you kind of talking to people there you you get uh, you get ideas and you try and understand you know what they're doing um and the the nice thing is you know you're meeting people who are you know casting concrete in the us you're not direct competition to them they're not direct competition to you so it is uh, it's actually very nice. i'm sure you would have experienced something similar when you talk to other photographers it's actually lovely to talk about what you do to other people who do it yes absolutely you learn yeah you learn a lot uh, in the process and and uh, they may learn something from your experiences as well and you invariably learn from the mistakes right so it just becomes easier when you're learning from other people's mistakes rather than your own that's true so <laughs> So yeah, so I I, I met uh, I met a bunch of people there who I learned a lot from. In fact, uh, uh, I spent uh, some time with uh, one of them in North Carolina. I spent a lot of time at his uh, at his uh, studio. I mean, not his studio. At his basically at his workshop. Oh, nice. Where okay. we were where we were doing different types of uh, concrete casting together, different types of mixes. and uh, i was trying to understand what he was doing he was trying to understand what i was doing and many of these relationships have sustained even today so even today i bounce ideas off of uh, off of all of these people that i met there um i i discuss i exchange ideas i uh, sometimes um, you know throw a suggestion at them just to see you know what their reaction is or you know uh if there is a if there is a problem because when when you're designing right uh there is there is um there is like one part of you that always has to think of uh what can be and there is another part of you that always has to think of what can go wrong absolutely right? yeah and so the problem is that when you're only thinking of what can be it's very difficult to kind of step back and and think of what can go wrong and so this is where you know when you when you kind of uh have a, a good relationship and you're discussing an idea conceptually with someone it helps if they say yeah you know you you should yes you can do this but you should look out for this this and this explaining Or, the pitfalls yes you can exactly um so it's uh, it's it's this the and and that help is not only from the us obviously there's there are a whole bunch of people um 
in India also who have who have guided me tremendously. Um, you know, architects, engineers who, uh, when they when they, some of them when they're involved in a discussion with you, uh, irrespective of the topic of the discussion, you are enriched by the di discussion itself, by the quality of the discussion, by the ideas that are being discussed. It helps you think of what you are doing very differently. Yeah. So um. So this must have helped you um. So uh, innovate with new concrete related ideas back home. Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, it you 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 uh, you look. So there there is a bunch of stuff that uh, that works there, which is good for good for that country. Uh, it has to be adapted to what we do here. Um, something even as basic as you know uh, temperature it makes such a big difference to concrete sure right? absolutely so yeah so i mean um, everything has to be kind of modified based on the materials you get here based on the cement you get here based on the aggregates you get here uh, based on the chemicals that you get here because when you're talking about doing something at scale you know you you have to make sure that you got a continuous availability of all these things so if you if you don't have continuous availability of something, you have to adapt your product. You have to adapt your process, and uh, and that that itself is is an interesting uh, interesting uh, process, and and that is the part of my job that I have absolutely loved. Um, it is you know constantly iterating, constantly improving, and enhancing. And uh, if you see, there is uh, we try and make sure that every uh, every project we do is better in some way than what we did before. So we try and make sure that we keep evolving and keep getting better at what we do. So um, you've talked a lot about how flexible and how customizable uh, concrete can be in its application. Um, this right. must mean that you must be doing a lot of R&D to make sure that you keep improving. Oh, absolutely. So uh, how does the R&D process work for you? Uh, so, um, there, okay, so there, there are two types of R&D. Uh, one, one is a very project-specific R&D. So, for example, if, I, if, I, if I've discussed with an architect and he wants me to do something, uh, and most often because the work is customized, you find that each requirement is different from the previous one, right? So, there will be some very specific R&D that I need to do to make sure that what he's asking for is feasible. and uh, also, what exactly it involves from a commercial point of view to do what he is asking for, right? Because you, you're, it, it is difficult to quote for something that you have never done before. And, and, and so you need to do some uh, sort of trials and very project-specific R&D. Then there is the other kind of uh, R&D where it is, uh, you know, like for preference. So, for example, when an architect says he wants gray, right? Now, gray means many different things to many different architects. So there is a there is a, a level of uh, a very basic R&D where you're trying to create different shades for him, create a color palette for him. I mean, all of that is R&D in a sense. But beyond a specific project uh, where there is no architect involved, where you are just thinking in your own head saying, you know, it would be interesting if we could do this or it would be interesting if we could do that or what happens if I substitute A with B or C with D, you know, will I be able to do this? 
there is that kind of R and D, which also happens, um, which also happens. I think I, I would say that happens all the time. Actually, we're always looking at new stuff, reading new stuff, seeing what uh, what we can do with it. So, um, so you st uh, so Eurocon started off as a purely product based company. Uh, you mentioned right. So now, right. what's the the range like? How much have you expanded? You can just touch on that briefly. Sure. So uh, the thing with Eurocon uh, was that when they started, it, it I think the excitement at that time was that you had a material that you could cast, right? Uh, and so my father and uncle they explored that to the maximum in the sense they looked at making tiles of different shapes. The tiles didn't have to be squares and rectangles. They looked at different colors. They looked at different textures. They looked at different applications for tiles. So they had floor tiles. They had wall tiles. They had a tile for the step with the nosing. They actually had a tile for skirting as well. Uh, and 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 so you had floor, you had wall, you had step uh, tiles in Eurocon. Uh, with Fascinini, actually, we've done lots of other stuff. Uh, we've said that you know rather than just tiles, uh, we've looked at facades, so large panels for, you know, the elevation of a building. Uh, we've looked at perforated screens. Um, then we've also created sort of building blocks that you can just stack up to create a wall or to create a screen as well. Uh, we've created, uh, we've also created some very, very specific, specialized, uh, high-end uh, tiling products with uh, uh, with new age concrete as well. Uh, we've done planter boxes, uh, we've done furniture. I mean, uh, yeah, the, that's uh, the one that excites me the most, the right. furniture. So, yeah, so it's, it's possible to do all kinds of things with it. And, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of even, I mean, even as we speak right now, we're, we're uh, thinking about uh, creating uh, a, a kind of integrated tread and riser kind of uh, uh, step slab right now. We've actually created we've actually created balcony walls itself. So we're not cladding onto anything. We're actually creating the wall itself with our material. Uh, we've do we've done a project where uh, we've created uh, tread slabs. I mean, not the tile for the tread, but the tread slabs itself for a staircase for a very very light slim staircase. Um, and then we've done pergolas. Uh, we've done so, like I said, we've uh, we've so done all of this. So that's a huge transformation of services and products. It is, but I I don't want to give you the impression that I sat with a pen and paper and listed out all these things. That's not at all how it happened. Uh, you go to a creative architect and say that this is the material I have, and he himself will say, "Can you do this for me? Can you do that for me?" And then. You do your sort of R&D and get back to them and say, yeah, we can. So many of these applications were driven by uh, ideas that architects had, ideas that designers had. Right. So it, it, right. it grew organically. Absolutely. The process is 100% organic. It is not like I sat down and said, I can do all of this. You know, that uh, that's, a, that, that's absolutely not. What I sat down and did was... I want my material to be able to do A, B, C, D, E. And then you go to the architect and say, I've got an, a material that can do A, B, C, D, E. And then he will start thinking. And then you feed off of that 
and you develop uh, expertise that way. So let's just change tracks right. a little bit. Um, so far, the other people we have spoken to, they've all started their own businesses and that comes with its own host of challenges. Right. Um, but you have worked elsewhere and come back to the family right. business. And as part of a family business, you have uh, expanded your uh, expanded the company with uh, probably your father and your uncles on right. board, expanded from being a purely a product-based company to a product and a service-based company which where you can customize every piece and every right. project, right? right? Um, what were the challenges you faced either uh, expanding the family business and what were the challenges you faced getting people to understand what concrete can actually do? It's, I wouldn't say it's a challenge. I would say that um, we, myself included, we all had to start looking at this business a little differently, right? From the way we do things. I mean, our processes, right? The way in which we, the way in which you manufacture a floor tile would be very different from the way in which you manufacture a large facade panel. So, I mean, beyond the, your basic process has to change uh, and your your culture has to change. Your skills have to evolve. Uh, if you're if you're making if you're making a large facade panel, you need a very very different bunch of skills. Um, and so we had to uh, spend quite a bit of time developing those skills, evolving our processes. And there is no um, you you can't just kind of get this overnight. You have to kind of keep working at it to evolve it. And so. Over time, we kind of evolved, we designed our own fixtures, we designed our own uh, manufacturing setup to suit what it is that, you know, we are now kind of gearing up to do. Um, so there is that whole level of internal adjustment. Uh, thankfully, I mean, uh, in terms of what uh, concrete can do, uh, there are architects who, who love using the material, and uh, and and thankfully we've been very very fortunate to work with with uh, with architects who've who've uh, who have enjoyed using the material and who also have uh, pushed us to improve and pushed us to get better. The challenge comes very often where a client maybe doesn't uh, understand. Uh, the understand the material you know there are some who believe that concrete is purely like this uh, civil engineering structural material uh, clients are sometimes concerned about the perception of concrete you know the idea is that you know if, if I uh, the, the idea is that it is quote unquote not uh, um, it is not uh, perceived to be posh I guess some clients believe that you need to have you know marble and you need to stuff like that because you know what will people think? You know, lokya sochenge types, which. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I honestly, uh, architects really get the material. You know, they they understand what makes concrete amazing and awesome. Um, some clients get it. Some clients are absolutely a pleasure uh, to work with. Some clients you have to kind of convince them, and that's where the convincing happens. Um, where you have to explain to them what it could look like, you have to explain to them what is possible with the material. Because the minute you say concrete to many clients, they think of you know this uh, dull, grey, boring thing, 
which it is not. It is yeah. Like yeah. I said, it's the most exciting thing at a construction site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now that we have talked about how things were when you started off, how you brought, uh, how you came back to the business and um, organically with the help of architects who were happy to experiment and try new things. You have expanded what Fessellini can right. do. Where do you see Fessellini going? Where do you see the use of concrete going in architecture in the next few years at least? I, I think it has a long way to go even in the areas that we're already operating in. Um, if, you, if you look at, you know, uh, say a facade or something, I mean, really, if you were to compare the number of um, sites where they have, say, glass or stone or, or aluminum compared to concrete, I mean, concrete is like a minuscule, minuscule minority. Uh, now, I mean, every material has its pluses and minuses, but I honestly think that awareness is the biggest uh, sort of uh, uh, limiting factor here. So, um, so the minute I, I and, but I think thank, thank, thankfully that is changing. I mean, we have more and more clients now who actually want concrete, who like concrete because they're seeing more buildings. So it, it is, uh, it is a, a, a self-feeding cycle, you know, more, more people see interesting buildings with concrete and awareness about the material also increases and, and uh, they become more receptive and they become more uh, positively inclined to the material. Uh, so I, I definitely see this as a, as a growing kind of, uh, or a material which has got huge scope to grow, uh, even in the applications where we are already in. Now, um, apart from that, there are always products which we are trying to create for, you know, the floor and for stuff like that, uh, as flooring alternatives, because again, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful material. You can make it very hard, very durable. And it's it's repolishable, so uh, we think that it's got great potential there as well. Um, so I mean, really, honestly, the sky is the limit because we are nowhere right now. I mean, we are scratching the surface in terms of penetration of this material. And and the funny thing is, you know, if you go back a hundred years, we used concrete everywhere in an Indian house, right? I mean, you would have red oxide floors. Uh, you would have uh, you know, you would have uh, cement flooring, you would have uh, in-situ concrete. So you, you've used, we've used cement and concrete a lot traditionally uh, in our houses. Yeah, I'm sitting uh, on red oxide floor right now yeah, as I, we're I'm talking. Sure. So. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, and it, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a lovely, it's a lovely, lovely material. And like I said, you know, over time it evolves as we have evolved, the material has also evolved. Uh, but honestly, I think the scope for uh, using it more and awareness is, is tremendous. I think I think that's that's really exciting. If if what we have seen so far has excited me, um, right. I, I can't even imagine what it must be like when everyone really uh, uses concrete to close to its fullest possibilities. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Prashant, it's been great talking to you. Um, yeah. I Lovely. think we've all, I've known you for some time, but I think it, even I've learned something new from you today from the way, oh. from how 
you brought the business together and how you basically were able to evolve your products and services and um, I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. Thank, thank you so much. Those are very kind words and thank you so much for having me on your, on your show. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks Prashant. Okay, thank you. To watch this and other episodes of the show, please subscribe to Srinag Pictures on YouTube or you can listen to the audio podcast by subscribing to Everything Comes Together on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or on the podcast app of your choice. The music for the show was composed by Ashray Harishankar from Escapist Music. Post-production by Tiruvikraman Srinivasaragavan of SNS Arts Development Consultancy and production assistance by Abdul Jilani. You can reach me on Instagram at Srinag or from my website www.srinagpictures.com. I'll be back in two weeks with another fascinating guests who work in photography, architecture or design. Until we meet again, it's goodbye from my lapore.